It's an awesome day, is it not? How many are glad to be in the house, to receive of the Word and allow the Word to affect your life? Because that's what the Word of God does. Amen? So grateful for it. Father, today we just thank you that this awesome day is another day that you have made. You've never made a day that wasn't awesome. It's an awesome day today, and I thank you for your anointing, your blessing, your empowerment on everything that has happened already, and on the word and the rest of the ministry today. Thank you, Father, that people, as they have come in, will not leave the same as a result of the seed of your word in their life. We bless you. We honor you today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Well, we have been in our series the last, well, this is only the, the second message this month in our series, Believe. Um, there's something about that word that is powerful, and it's been, it's been sent out all over the world in a lot of different ways. Um, if you ever see Macy's commercials um, or Macy's bags, if you go and shop at a Macy's department store, the word believe used to be on the bags. I guess it's still on the bags. I don't know. But, but they, they took that word, and we showed the little video clip last week of the, of the Santa Claus, or the uh, Miracle on 34th Street, the second one, the newer version, and, um, and one of the quotes of the Santa Claus about believing that your life is doomed for... Um, uh, your, your life becomes a, a, a life of doubt. You're doomed for doubt, a life of doubt, if you don't have faith only. If you don't have faith in a specific thing. And what we're talking about is faith in God's Word. To believe is to have faith in His Word and not doubt. And that's what we're looking at. And so I've got a, another video clip today that I want you to watch. Uh, last week's... Um, in it. it um, kind of enforce the Christmas season. Uh, this one has nothing to do with Christmas except the statement and, and the belief of it. So watch this. I'm the one who's rotting. And I think your face looks graver than mine. <coughs> Son... must have alliance with England to prevail here. You achieved that. You saved your family, increased your land. In time, you will have all the power in Scotland. Lands, titles, men, power, nothing. Nothing? I have nothing. Men fight for me. Because if they do not, I throw them off my land and I starve their wives and their children. Those men who bled the ground red at Falkirk, they fought for William Wallace and he fights for something that I've never had. And I took it from him when I betrayed him and I saw it in his face on the battlefield. And it's tearing me apart. Well, all men betray. All lose heart. I don't want to lose heart! 
I want to believe as he does. I will never be on the wrong side again. Wow. Amen. So if there's a wrong side, there's a right side, right? We defined doubt last week as double. Doubt says that there are two there's an alternate way of thinking because to not doubt is to believe. But to be a believer that believes, you have to be single-minded. It has to be singular in your thinking. Doubt creates a second alternative, a second thought process or way of thinking that wants to keep you, as it says in James, as we read last week, James says, If you're double-minded, you can expect to receive nothing from God. So when I read that, I say, I need to make a choice. As um, Robert the Bruce said right there, I will never be on the wrong side again. My message today is about and in challenging you to make the choice to choose the right side of your thinking. Because the devil will work overtime to get you to choose the alternative. And the alternative will position you, not that it's God's will for you. God's will for you is to receive everything that he had planned for you before the foundation of the world. But what we choose on a day-to-day basis positions us to either receive from God or receive the alternative. That Robert the Bruce, if you look in the history of it, I haven't studied a lot of it, but a little bit of it, but I've, I've actually gotten more information from my good friend Robert Cameron, who, is, who preached here last month, uh, who is a true Scot, and uh, his, some of his family fought at on that battle he was talking about right there. Some of his family fought and died at that battle. So he, he knows all the history of, of the Scots. And Robert the Bruce, that Robert the Bruce, his father was the, was the leper there on the, on the bed who had the leprosy. And um, his, he, he was the 17th Robert the Bruce, king of the Scots. He was the ruler of the Scots. And... All of his predecessors, his father included, and all of his grandfathers and great-grandfathers, all, seven, all 16 of them previous to him, all of them submitted to the status quo. All, all of them chose to do what seemed right. Uh, and actually, what they chose to do was what was right and benefited them. Like he said... Like the, the father said on the bed, you, you, you deceived. In other words, he deceived William Wallace. And as a result of that, they were defeated and they captured William Wallace then, right then. And they, they, they shut down the Scots trying to gain their freedom. And, and it happened because he deceived William Wallace instead of doing exactly what he said. And that's what cut him to the quick and to the heart. And today... 
this Robert the Bruce that, that just said that is known in Scotland as a hero because William Wallace died setting him up to be able to take their freedom, and they did. And he's known as a hero even more than William Wallace is, even though William Wallace did all the grunt work and the legwork to get Scotland where they needed to be. What people that teach the Word and teach faith and teach believing and teach you how to be challenged in your life, not to be a doubter, but to be a believer. When people teach the Word, for 29 years I've taught the Word from this pulpit in Kerrville, Texas, and done a lot of grunt work in helping people come to a place where they arise in their thinking and overcome obstacles and situations in their life. It's not something that is easy to do, and, and it's not something, if you're the recipient of that word, and I'm, I'm a recipient of the word also. Many people have taught me and spoke the word to me. Even when I, I preach the word today, it challenges me when, when I preach the word. It's not easy to be able to receive it, but it's rewarding, and it will set you up to fulfill your destiny. The word will. Because the devil's busy trying to keep, he didn't, the devil doesn't really care whether you're saved or not. All he's after is to keep you in bondage and to stay like all the other Bruces were in thinking about themselves and focused on themselves instead of thinking about the ultimate plan of liberty and freedom for all mankind. Abraham is the father of of nations. He is our Father. And what he, the choice that he made created freedom for all the rest of us. Choices that you make today to choose God create freedom for people closest to you and on and on and on and out. You don't know how your life affects so many other people. So many people that my life touches, people in your life would never be touched by the things that I say. But Things in your life touches a whole other group and gamut of, of people that, that God wants liberated and free. So our lives are not just about ourselves and just about our immediate families. Our lives are about everybody that comes in contact with us or come in contact with people that we've touched. It's the way it works. It's a duplication process. And God wants us to realize that we can't stay the same. <laughs> I just, that, that quote's been ringing in my head over and over. I will never be on the wrong side ever again. Amen? Amen? I will never, I, I choose today, I will never be on the wrong side of thinking in my life ever again. I will never choose anything other than God. And I will do whatever I have to do to make sure that I know what is God and then believe that. Because, remember, every and, and, and you need to receive what I'm going to say right here because sometimes, you know, as, as preachers, as pastors, as ministers, we can say things to you like, you know, you have to do this or you can't do this or you can't be like this or whatever. Sometimes people take that as though, oh my gosh, in this moment I've got to transform into thinking just like he said I need to think. No, never. It never works like that. What we talked about last week out of James 1 was that the two, the, the two different 
ways of thinking, the two perspectives in life, to believe or to doubt, is what you're always going to face in any encounter that you have in life. No matter what it is, any new thing that you, any new challenge you have in life, you will have not only two thoughts, you'll have God's thought and then you'll have a plethora of other thoughts. And what has to happen over time is, as you're a doer of the word, that you reduce those thoughts to one thought. Sickness attacks your body. By his stripes, you were healed. Yeah, I know that, but second thought. Right? I got, I got, I got some ringing in this. Can you get rid of that for me, please? Um, So, by his stripes, I'm healed, but, second thought, I've got to do, listen, there's no way, if, if, something, if something attacks your body, if you woke up one morning and there was some growth on your arm, there's no way in the world you're not going to have thoughts of doubt about, oh my gosh, it's cancer, I'm going to die. I'm not saying that that needs to come out of your mouth, but those thoughts are going to bombard your mind. So what has to happen, and God is faithful to his word, that if I'm a doer of the word, it will cause the, whatever other thoughts that come to be reduced to this singular thought if I stay with it on a day-to-day basis. I see you, but I don't believe you. I know you're here. I'm not denying the fact that you're not here, but I don't believe you. The word says thus and so. I declare today in the name of Jesus, the next day, there it is. I say the same thing. The next day, there it is. I say the same thing. The next day, there it is. I say the same thing. The next week, it's still there, and I say the same thing. The next month, it's still there, and I say the same thing. The next year, it could still, part of it still be there, and I'm going to say the same thing. Oh my gosh, Pastor, you mean I gotta, I've got to say it like that, that often, that often? I mean... So what's the reverse? You see it. You go get all kinds of other information and tests and things. I'm not, and I'm saying you couldn't go and get it tested and all that. But I'm saying you're going to hear a plethora of other reports about this thing. When the report of the Lord says, by his stripes you're healed. You have to break that down to what that means to you individually, personally, in that situation, knowing that it's not just 1 Peter 2.24 and what it says there that's the key, but that becoming revelation on the inside of you, so you become single-minded. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what I feel like. I don't care what other people say. If the Word says it, it's the way it is. So I've reduced all those other thoughts to the singular thought. That's a life of believing. I'm a believer that is developing a belief system that I cannot be talked out of no matter what happens. That's the life as a Christian we were created to live. That's the statement that Robert the Bruce said after watching the despair in, in William Wall, if you've never watched Braveheart, if you've never watched Braveheart, be prepared to watch Braveheart, you know. I'm not encouraging you to go watch Braveheart. Ask another friend to get their opinion first, amen? 
So I'm just saying, when you see William Wallace's eyes and you see the despair and the deceit and the betrayal that happened as a result of what this guy said he was going to do that he didn't follow through on, when you see that in his eyes, and that's what Robert the Bruce saw, he, he looked at that and said, no, my whole family lineage has done this very thing right here and betrayed and all we've thought about is ourselves and we've been under the thumb of the English rule all these years and to them that was the enemy in, is, per se and, and we've been under the thumb of this English rule all this time and all we've done is, is rape and, and ravage and plunder the, the, the goods and the finances and everything that belonged to the people. So we would be taken care of as the leaders. As long as we did what London, as England said, then we would be fine, but our people are ravaged. And he looked at that and he said, you know what? We're not doing this anymore. I'm done. I'm putting a stop to this thing today. I have family members that when I first got born again had certain ways of thinking that were generational curses. Robert the Bruce faced generational curses and that day, that day, God kicked in and he led his nation to liberty and freedom. The day that Jesus Christ said, Father, not my will, but yours be done. See, there were two wills. There were two. There was doubt involved. Jesus brought doubt to a place of singular thought and vision, and he chose the Father's will instead of what his emotions and his flesh wanted to do. And when he did that, all of humanity was liberated and free. In the moment, in the moment in the garden when he chose that is when the liberty started right then. Not when he sat down at the right hand of the Father, when he made the choice. When that man made that choice that day in front of his father, and he said, I will never be on the wrong side again, there was the liberty of the Scots from the English rule. Today, in your and my life, when we make a choice to say, you know what? I'm never going to be on this side of the thinking and doubt and unbelief ever again. So when doubt and unbelief comes... I'm going to do my work and my part in bringing all these other thoughts to a singular thought about what God says is true. Can you say amen? The Bible says, and this is God's thought, my God, Paul said, shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My God will is what he said. I'm saying today that my God that has met all my needs will meet all your needs. And even when it doesn't look like, and I'm not just talking about financial, I'm talking about emotional in every way. I'm saying today that the God that has met my needs will meet your needs. But you have to bring your thought life into line with that on a day-to-day basis. It won't just work. It won't just work because you heard me preach it. It won't just work because you know other people that believe it. It won't just work because you hear a dozen other testimonies of how it's worked for other people. It'll only work as you're a doer of the word. Say that with me today. I am a doer of God's word. James also says that if you're a doer of the word and not just to hear, but you do something with what you hear, he said you'll be blessed in everything that you do. But if you hear the word and you do nothing with it, James says, You live a life of deception. You live your life deceived. 
God doesn't want you and I deceived. He didn't create us to be deceived. He created us to be on top and never underneath. Always on top of every situation and never underneath. Anybody ever been in a situation when you weren't on top? Raise your hand if you've ever been in a situation. And then all the rest of you, you liars, raise your hand too. <clears throat> Amen? <laughs> we've, we've all been in situations. You may be in a situation right now where it seems like you're underneath. But God. You know why? You know why we have the ability to do that? Because he said it, but because that's where he is. He's always on top. And if he's always on top, and I'm with him, and I stay connected to him, I stay close to him, I stay right up against him, I stay in a belief system with him, then why, how can I not be on top also? And the more I believe that, and the more I see it, it's not seeing it manifested, but I see it inside of me. The more I believe and see that inside, then that's where I am, whether I see it manifested or not. The manifestation in the natural comes when you have the manifestation in your spirit. I know that I know that I know that I know, and I can't be talked out of it. Can you say amen to that? So, these three passages of scripture that I'm looking at today, this won't take me long, I'm just going to give this to you in a nutshell, just kind of, I'm going to look at one other verse that we didn't look at last week, because what we're, what we're headed towards next Sunday is found in Luke chapter 1. Actually, let's look at that first. Luke chapter 1 and verse 37. I want to read that. Um, I want to read that in the NIV. Luke 37. This is, this is about Mary. And our, our whole message next Sunday is going to be on... Mary's response to the angel that came and gave her this word. And the angel made this statement. Luke uh, 1 and 37 in the NIV. No word from God will ever fail. And the next statement that we have, <clears throat> the next verse of scripture, the angel said, no word from God will ever fail, okay? And then Mary says, may your word to me be fulfilled. Right then she believed, and what happened? Right then, now I don't have record that she conceived in that moment, okay? Maybe it was an hour later, maybe it was a day later, maybe it was... Two weeks later, I don't know. She, she conceived from the sperm of God directly. She didn't know how. In the natural, made no sense. In fact, if that was going to happen and people were going to see her, then she possibly could be stoned to death as a result of it because she had never been with a man and this was going to happen, but who was going to believe that? And so... Mary's words, and next week we're going to talk about having faith like Mary had to believe without any doubt. Because 
what happened to Mary had to be the result of what we read last week in Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11 and verse... Actually, let's start with verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots because the, the day before they saw no fruit on it and Jesus cursed it from the root that it would never bear fruit. And the next morning, they see the fig tree dried up from the roots. Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. And so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God or have faith like God or have faith like I'm having here. In other words, what he's saying, what he's saying to him here, um, what he's saying to Peter here is, Peter, you could have done the same thing. In essence, we don't see it in the scripture, but what he's saying is, I didn't curse that fig tree as God. I cursed the fig tree as your older brother, as the son of man, and I cursed the fig tree, and you can do the same thing. You know the verse of scripture in, in uh, um, John 14, 12, and it says, the works that I do, you'll do in even greater works because I've gone to the Father, right? So he's saying to him, what I did here, so he said, have faith in God, have, have faith like what I did. In other words, I spoke to it and I did not doubt. And the next day you see it dried up. The next day. Verse 23. Surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, fig tree, mountain, obstacle, I don't care what it is, be removed, cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. But he has to believe when? When he says it, not when he sees it. We know that, but if that's true, then why, do we, why are we in anguish about things that we don't see manifested? The truth is we've got to believe in our heart without doubt that what God said to us is really true about something. See, for a person to receive healing from God that has already been paid for through Jesus Christ, they have to believe and not doubt in their heart to receive it. But, but, but someone says, oh, that's so hard. No, you just have to believe that what God said in 1 Peter 2.24 and, and, and you know, 50 other verses of Scripture are actually true. You have to believe there and then not doubt that. So you have to develop and cultivate a belief system inside of you so that doubt can't rule. Remember, doubt is double. The word doubt there, look at Romans chapter 4, and this is the story that we t I mentioned just a minute ago about Abraham, but it's Romans chapter 4. The word doubt, which part of the definition is double, but that word doubt is the same word in verse 20 of Romans chapter 4 where it says this. And this was after 25 plus years of development, of developing faith and getting past the unbelief to where he saw his wife give birth to a child that became the heir 
so that all of us could be connected to God. It says in, in Romans 4, in the Old Testament, it talks about all the mistakes he made. In Romans 4, it says this. Because see, once you overcome something, it's like your mistakes are left in the past. Because they already are in the past through the blood of Jesus. But your mistakes that are already in the past because of the blood of Jesus will never be in the past if they stay fresh in the front of your mind. This is Abraham. He did not waver. The, the word waver there is the same word doubt that we just read in Mark eleven twenty three. He did not waver or doubt at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced, being fully convinced, being fully convinced, being fully convinced, being single-minded, causing the doubts to be reduced to a single thought that what God had promised, he's able to perform it. That's what you and I have to experience every day in our life. Listen to me. We have, with, with, with knowledge what, like what I'm teaching to you right now, I mean, there are many people that preach the word and all over the world that believe the same stuff that I'm talking about today. There's many people that are more eloquent in their delivery of the things that I say, but nobody believes it as much as I do. Or at least as much as I do. And when you believe it, then it produces the results that other people can see because, see, I, I couldn't preach this message effectively with an anointing if I didn't believe it. So all he's saying is we have the, we have the, the privilege of being able to reduce all of our doubts to belief. It's a privilege. You and I today have revelation. We, we have understanding that can bring every doubt we have to a singular thought based on whatever God says is true and it will come to pass. Being fully convinced that what God has promised is more real than what other people promise or what circumstances appear to be saying that they're promising. The growth is promising you death. Right? Where did we learn that? Not from here. Right? So you learned that. You learned to, to give in and, and, and be moved by and, and believe the things that you see, not from the word, but from the curse that you were born into. Everybody was born into the curse of the system to a way of thinking in the system. Everybody was. And your thinking has to change. But you didn't learn, you didn't learn doubt and unbelief. You didn't learn lack and poverty. You didn't learn disruption and fear and those kind of things. You didn't learn those things from here. You learned them from circumstances of the world. Truth is, we've watched probably too much stuff on television and movies and things and meditate on those kind of things more than we meditate on the word of God you know you say well yeah that could be true well just do something about it you know you know don't don't you know don't cancel all your subscription to every kind of movie and all those kind of things and have some attitude that you can't do those kind of things just start adding more of the word to where you have more of a diet of the word than you have of the world and when that happens your thinking begins to change
When you declare over yourself every day, I'm a child of God. I'm a doer of the word of God. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. When I, when I replace what I say about life with his word instead of being moved by what I see, then it changes what you're moved by. You're not freaked out every time something bad in the world happens. I mean, my gosh. I mean, you wear yourself out watching the news. I'll tell you what, the news has come to the point they don't have enough time to report it all. But then they sit, get you on the end of your chair. Yeah, but, but we'll be back in an hour. <gasps> oh, my God. And then they show you these pictures of what's going to be back in an hour, and now I've got to be back to see what I missed. And they come back, and it's somebody else has done some ugly thing or some destruction or some kind of thing. Man, if that's all we meditate on, how in the world are we ever going to connect and develop a single-minded thinking lifestyle that causes us to know that what God has promised, he's able to perform. And that's what happened with Abraham. And it took him 25 years to develop that. It's not something that happens overnight. Because you're taking all the negative thoughts that we all have. We've all had. I'm not saying you have them today. I'm saying you're attacked with them. I don't care who you are. The more word you do and the more single-minded you become, the more attack you'll get with other thoughts. Just the way it is. So, in James 1, where we were last week, I want to make two more points about this. James 1, and verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith without no doubting. The doubt in, the the word doubt in Hebrews, I mean in uh, Mark 11 is the same doubt here in James uh, 1 and 6. He said, let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Why? Because he's double-minded, meaning he's unstable in all of his ways. See, a wave is is up and it's down. Right? It's up and it's down. It's, It's out and it's in. In and out, up and down. You can hear this word today, and if your ears are open today, I don't care how many times you've ever heard this, I don't care what you think you know about what I preach today, but if your ears are open, your heart is open to receive, then you're being challenged to make changes. I'm being challenged as I'm preaching this to make changes. Because that's the way the seed of the word works. But where the rubber meets the road with what you hear is what your responses are on Tuesday after Sunday afternoon, evening, Monday morning, all day Monday, Monday evening. 
Tuesday morning, Tuesday at noon, Tuesday evening. I promise you, the devil doesn't like a word like this. Because this is attacking the territory that he has set up that is all he's really concerned about is that you live a defeated life. And if you're defeated in your thinking, you'll live a defeated life. So, it's not if the enemy attacks you in your mind. And remember, he has no power, he has no ability other than what we give him based on our thoughts. He cannot take you out. He cannot put things on you. He cannot cause you to be anything other than what God created you to be unless you give him that power. Say this after me. The devil is defeated. And never forget it. He's defeated. So what I'm talking about today is not how big and strong he is, but just don't let him convince you that he's that way. And that's what he'll work overtime to do, is to convince you that he's more real and more powerful than what God said he has promised. In other words, what God said he can perform and do in your life, he'll get you to doubt that. And if you doubt it, and you're up and down and in and out constantly, you hear a good word on Sunday, and by Tuesday you're beat up and left for dead. And, and that's the way you feel when you're wore out in your mind. So that means... By the time the ending prayer comes, you need to be declaring, Father, I thank you that your word is true, and I will not be moved by anything that happens because an offense can come before you get through those six doors back there. I mean, it just, it can. And I, I'm not saying it will, but I'm just saying it can, and I'm encouraging you, if you'll not let it, then you're that much closer to becoming single-minded in everything you do. Because this word right here has the ability to empower you to make a choice that will change your life in everything that you do. This word right here, okay? This word right here. Why? Because it's God's word. And it has the ability to empower you to make a choice, but you have to take, you have to make the choice. The moment you make the choice is when the challenges come. See, because when you're not making any choice, ah, yeah, whatever. Devil, the devil doesn't have time to mess with people that, that are not making changes. He really, I mean, he really didn't care. He just doesn't want to see people live a victorious life. To see them overcome every obstacle and every situation that they face on a day-to-day -day basis. That, that, that's all he's after is to make sure that that doesn't happen. And you know what? We've been empowered to make sure that it does happen. I'm empowered to do that every day. I can make the right choices and then follow through with it. Because I've been empowered by God. Can you say amen? So if we lack wisdom, we go to God. Father, man, I've screwed up this week. This has been difficult. I feel like I've been overcome. I feel like I've been run over in this situation. I feel like, I mean, just on and on and on. But today, Lord, I just, I rejoice. I thank you for wisdom and understanding. Even though it appears like the enemy's got the upper hand here, I know where you are. You're always on top, and I choose to be right next to you. I choose to be connected in this situation with you, so I begin to rejoice, and you begin to thank God. See, if any man lacks wisdom, what is wisdom? Wisdom is the, it has to do with the understanding that's in the knowledge of something. 
So you can know that by his stripes you're healed, but you've got to draw from that understanding and allow it to be a part of you so that you reject anything else that tries to tell you anything contrary to what the word actually says. That's where the battle is. That's the fight. That's what you, you just have to make a choice. I'm, I'm up for the battle. I don't care. It doesn't matter how many skirmishes that it appears that you, you lose or you get beat up a little here and, and that. You know, you know, just go to 2 Corinthians 4. You know? we, we may be knocked down, but we're not out, right? We may be uh, perplexed, but we're not in despair. Why? Because the word is always true, no matter what. No matter what, the word is true, and it always wins if I just stay a doer of the word, even when I screw up. I don't know about you, but I've lived at times in my life where it seemed like I was always cleaning up messes that I made. I like to be out front, not making the messes. But the more messes that I cleaned up by faith, it empowered me to be a person out front because I'm hearing the voice of God, I'm doing what he says, instead of hearing his voice and not having it settled yet. And those times of your life can be some of the best times because you're learning how to make the decision to be sold out to do what God says no matter what. Amen? Those can be some of the best times of your life. Oh, if I could just be like, I could always be out front. No, you're not going to always be out front. Because the next new thing you find yourself in, and 48 thoughts of doubt come and attack your mind, man, it's an overtime job. I mean, you're working overtime to bring those thoughts to one way of thinking. That's where you get, you may have 48 different scriptures, but they all say the same exact thing for you in your situation at the time because you've reduced the doubt and unbelief to what God says, and now I'm giving no place to this. And the more you choose it, and the more you clean up messes, the, more, the, the better you get, and you become a person that's out front on the cutting edge of, of establishing things, and it takes you less and less time to overcome the, the, the doubt and unbelief that's trying to convince you that God is not true. Amen? That's just the way it works. And I don't know about you, but I say I choose to never be on the wrong side again. Amen? <laughs> Mr. Bruce, I'm with you, maybe. I choose to never be on the wrong side of my thinking ever again. Amen? Amen? Here's the last verse I'm going to leave you with. Tenth chapter of Hebrews and verse 37. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but anybody draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But verse 39 is us. Let's read this together today. Ready, read. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Let's read it again. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. What does that mean? I'm believing unto the reducing of doubt and unbelief 
to where my soul and my spirit think exactly the same. And that's a lifetime project. Because your soul, your mind, will, and emotions has got memories of different things that have been laying dormant until opportune times, and then those things will crop up and try to convince you of things. And you know, well, where did that thought come from? That's from back here, because of what you were born into. You were born into a doubt and unbelieving, cursed world. That's what we all were born into. When you came, when you came through the womb or through a C-section, however you got here, when you came into the world, you were born into doubt and unbelief in a cursed world. Amen? But Jesus delivered us and redeemed us from the curse. So we've been liberated and redeemed from the curse, and we are not those who draw back. Drawing back has no pleasure with God. He, he wants you to be in faith and believing and receiving all that he has for you. But we'll not be those who draw back. Amen? But those who believe to the saving and the liberating and the delivering of our soul, of our thinking, and the way that we think and operate and live in the earth. Can you say amen to that? I, I, don't, I don't know of anything in God's word that is more important. There's a lot of things that are as important, but there's nothing more important than this message here, than what I'm talking about today. It's simple. It's to the point. I gave you a little visual to, to, to remember what was said. Think, think of, of William the Bruce, what he said there. I want to believe like that guy believes. I want to believe like that. He fights with something that I've never experienced and I've never had. I, he, 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 he does and he, and he operates in life with something that I've never operated and I see him and you may be sitting there, I'm, I'm hearing pastor talk, but I, I hear him talking about something that I've never had or I've never experienced, I've never seen. You can have it. That doesn't mean I have everything I'm preaching to you. I've got it all in perfection. If you think that, here to believe in a total lie. Never think that other people have it all together and you have nothing. You, you, you don't want to, you're not believing that other people don't have it together. But don't believe that other people and their life that they live is so much better than the life that you live. Never think that. God has a life for you and it's a life that was chosen for you. And you say, you mean the life I have today, God chose for it? I didn't say that. If you're living a life that is not centered around the word and you're not on the receiving end of the blessing of God, no, he didn't choose all the destruction or things that you don't like for you, but he chose a life for you before the foundation of the world that you would walk in that life. He chose that for you. And in choosing that for you, he gave you a choice to receive his word to make the changes in your soul. We're not those who are drawing back. We're not those who are giving in. We're not those who are going to be moved by what we see. We're those who are going to believe until our soul is saved, till our mind is corrected. We're going to keep believing. We're going to keep standing. We're going to keep declaring what the word says. We're going to not back off and back away. And if we do that, 
because God cannot lie. Everything he's ever promised you, it will come to pass. I like what Dahlia said today. 12 years ago at Word First Conference, it was prophesied to her about writing a book. And last year she wrote a book. And if you don't have it, you, you, you ought to buy it. But she wrote a book. And how many other things, how many other people could testify in here? You know what? So, in, you know, at a certain time, I, I got a word and, 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 you know, it was nine years later and it came to pass. It was seven years later and it came to pass. It was, it was but, but a lot of times, a lot of times the manifestation is based on how we take that word and what we do with it and how we develop a belief system to be able to be on the receiving end of everything that that manifestation is going to produce in your life. So if you don't develop, then something like that that sounds really good could bring destruction in your life, and only God knows that. Never think that God's ever a day late or a dollar short in your life, ever. Always look internally about growing up. Not looking internally about, oh, there's something wrong with me. No. The, the, the wrongs in your life will get straightened up as you renew your mind and allow His Word to make the changes that need to be made. All the wrongs will get, they'll, they'll, they'll change. Let the Word do the work. Can you say amen to that?